Lots to talk about in the world of politics. Time to welcome back Lori Turnbull, Associate Professor of Political Science and Director of the School of Public Administration at Dalhousie University. Lori, welcome back. Uh, let's begin with this quote. I love this from the Patrick Brown campaign. At the end of the day, Jean Charest has the best chance to stop Pierre Polyev extremism. What do you make of what's coming out of the Brown camp? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like even though he would like to keep his dreams alive and somehow fight this so that he's still able to run himself, he's, I think, aware of the fact that that's probably a lost cause. And so he's inviting people to throw their support behind Sheree if they can't support him. He's been very out front about the fact that he does not support Pierre Polyev at all, would not be able to endorse his leadership, would not be able to run for the party if Pierre Polyev was leader. And he's been, you know, kind of on that note for this whole time. And so it's not a big surprise that Brown would want to continue to have some impact on the race, even if he's not in it himself. For Sheree, though, I think this is kind of a complicated endorsement in that, of course, he wants the memberships, he wants the people who were going to vote for Brown to come and vote for him, and it's the only shot he has. His Brown's departure from this race makes things very complicated for Jean Charest. But at the same time, does he really want an endorsement from Patrick Brown, given the circumstances with which Brown's leaving the race? Yeah, that's such a great point, because I think a lot of the prognostication of how this would play out is likely maybe Brown's in third, maybe maybe Charest, Brown, you know, second and third, and then one goes to the other, likely to Charest. I mean, the, the accusations from the get-go was that uh, Brown was a stalking horse for Charest. But now it's so much more complicated because, I mean, how do you openly endorse a guy who has been disqualified from the race? Well, that's it. I mean, he like the circumstances are really difficult around Patrick Brown. And I think that the relationship between Brown and Charest was always a bit kind of tricky, but like, it seemed like you're right. They, they were somehow trying to build out the progressive side of the party and, or at least the centrist side of the party. And that was the only way that somebody other than Pierre Polyev was going to win this thing. And that there's more than one candidate that's growing that part of the party. You sign up a bunch of people you know, maybe the, the logic was when, drown, when Brown was to drop off, his supporters would come in behind Charest and there'd be enough of them together, plus the kind of whatever happens with all the other people running to prevent Pierre Polyev from ever getting to that 50% plus one. But now with Brown gone, it means that I would think the larger, the pool of voters overall is going to be smaller because a lot of people who vote were in it to support Brown, we just won't show up for anybody. And even though it's Brown's endorsement of Charest, that doesn't mean that all of his people are going to go support Sheree. It doesn't mean that at all. And so if a lot of them stay home, it will mean that that magic number for Pierre Polyev to get 50% plus one on the first ballot is going to be lower. And so he's got a much better shot of winning at this point. I think. Yeah, he, Wait, yeah. he, he's the winner from all of what has happened in the last week or so. Yeah. And I mean, it's still like the point system still makes it a bit complicated. And if all of the writings that have 100 members, you know, they all actually show up and there's 100, 100 votes, well, then it gets harder to predict because if you can go in and pack a, you know, jam pack a stadium in Calgary, that's fine, but it's still only worth 100 points, the same as a riding in rural Quebec. And so it's complicated from that perspective. But even when you start slicing and dicing around the math, it's very difficult to see how anybody but Pierre Polyev will win this. 
Uh, let's move to the Council of the Federation, my favorite stupid name for something in Canada. Because do we get do we all get red shirts and insignias and we can beam down to Victoria to the Council of the Federation? This is where the Canadian premiers had a two day summit and it ended by calling on the federal government to stop negotiating through the media and sit down and discuss the future of health care funding. I feel like I'm in a time warp. I've covered these in the past. It doesn't seem like it's ever any different and it doesn't seem like it ever makes any difference. I know. And it's very frustrating. Like I'm the same. This is like a throwback to the nineties all over again, where we're fighting about tax points and cash points and whether they really mean the same thing and whether the federal government is appropriately at the table or not. And to be fair, I think, you know, John Morgan is doing a fantastic job of, you know, like drumming up some pointed language against the federal government around why, the premiers need help now and why, you know, post COVID-19, even though I realize there's a summer wave and they're not, we're not really post COVID, but in this context where we've been fighting a pandemic for the last two years, the healthcare system has really taken a blow and it wasn't terribly strong to begin with. And so I get it, but you know, it's not that Horgan and the other premiers premiers aren't negotiating things through the media. In fact, they are. (laughs) So I'm not sure exactly where he's going with that, but I don't think this meeting is going to, mean a heck of a lot to be honest it's it's more of the same and unless we're all really willing to have a real conversation about how institutionally things need to shift in order for the healthcare system to be more fully supported then i don't you know this is just politics as usual a kettle pot is online too <laughs> uh, let's talk rogers um and you know the the bump up in the uh, rebate and in the money that is you know coming back to canadians uh, what do you think the the fallout you know politically is how do you think champagne has handled it you know is you know uh, this is unacceptable and calls them all in and says you know you got to come up with this plan within 90 days for something that everyone agrees would not have made any difference last Friday. Yeah. I love that part. <laughs> How yeah. do you think the government has done on this? Well, I mean, that's it. Like it's, I realize that this is something that exposes sort of the weakness of the position that the government is in, in that we are so reliant on the private sector to provide something that is critical infrastructure that is an essential service. And so as we're seeing that more, I think there's gonna be kind of more of a demand on this government to do something that is more equitable. But at the same time, I'm not sure that Champagne's you know, giving a whole lot of assurance here. In some ways it still feels like at the end of it all, the government is not in the kind of you know, directive chair it should be in order to be able to make any progress on it. And so people are gonna keep feeling frustrated. Welcome to Canada, otherwise known as three telecoms in a trench coat. Lori, appreciate you being with me. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care.